0: It's time to engage. Look at somebody and say, it's time to engage. That's right. It is time to engage. Jared did a great job last week introducing this series. And the more we dig into it, actually, the deeper and the bigger it gets. Um, And this is so, so important. I really believe that part of the attack on my family and on my body this week Um, was because the enemy is not happy about what we're digging into. He's not happy about it. Uh, and, uh, And I think this is going to be, if you, I'm just telling you, over the next few weeks, you're going to learn some things or be reminded of some things that I promise, I promise will be life altering. I don't care where you are in your walk with God. This is going to be amazing. We've got a few different voices that are going to be uh, uh, taking different pieces of this, but it is so, so good. It is time. This whole series is really about how, how it is a wake-up call for the church. It's a wake-up call. Look at somebody and say, wake up. Wake up. Because this is about a, it's about what the church has termed spiritual warfare, you, you know? That, that spiritual warfare and fighting against a very, this is about fighting against a very real enemy Amen. that wants to kill you. Very, very real. And when we dig into this, You realize that the vast majority of Jesus' ministry was spiritual warfare. I mean, like, more than anything, it's crazy. It really is. When you start digging into it, um, so much of his teaching was about this subject. Now, at 17 years old, I was traveling with an evangelist and uh, with the Christian Motorcycle Association, and, and I, for the first time, was, well, let's just say I became, without going into a lot of details, I became very aware of how powerful demonic influences are. I became incredibly aware of it, how real Satan is. But more important than that, I learned at 17 years old (laughs) the power of the name of Jesus. You know, And, and, and the power of Jesus over those dark forces. It was at 17 the first of many times that still happens today in different in different ways but it was the first of many times that i would literally watch with my eyes and see people freed from demonic involvement in their life very real very very real and and it was it was interesting because sometimes it was amazing dramatic <laughs> You know, sometimes like, whoa, what, what, that was, that was a little bit wild, you know. Um, But always I walk away going, Jesus, you are amazing. You are amazing. And see, I thought for years that. That element, I can say now, of spiritual warfare was real spiritual warfare. Like like hitting demons head on was like, that's where it's really at. But I've become aware that that's not true. Now, that's real. And it really happens. But Jesus only talked a little bit about that element. He only talked a small amount about that type of spiritual warfare. Most of what he taught us about spiritual warfare, we may not even realize, is spiritual warfare. Because most of what he taught about spiritual warfare really had more to do with what we might call today spiritual disciplines about learning how to walk with Jesus and overcome the enemy on a daily basis, then he doesn't get the stronghold that you have to face in a really dramatic kind of way. Does that make sense? So I believe what we're walking through is so much more important than the dramatic. So much more important. Because it's how the enemy sucks us in. Now it's crazy that I have been walking this out now for 40 years fighting the enemy. Sometimes very, very obvious it's the enemy and still I wind up falling in his traps. I'm like, how dumb am I, right? What in the world am I thinking? What am I thinking? Well, that's actually a clue, all right? It really, really is. Um, Because it is so, so important that we understand spiritual disciplines are much, much bigger in Jesus' teaching than exorcism. You know it's just true or than what is like for a while I kind of was looking for a demon behind every rock because I thought this is kind of cool you know you know and 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 I've I've learned that that was now now hear me out um we talk about Satan being a defeated foe but let me just tell you this Satan is real Jared nailed this He is incredibly powerful. He was actually part of the council of heaven. He was and is the most beautiful creation that God ever created. He was the most beautiful created being and one of the most powerful created beings. That's who he is. Dig it out. I don't have time to dig into all of that, but it's true. And can I just tell you this? Without Jesus, he will kill you. Aren't you glad you go to a church that's just all about feel-good stuff? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Just a feel-good church. No. You're going to die without Jesus. He will beat you up (laughs) and take you out. And here, I want you to, I hope you got your notes, because we got some great fill-ins today that we're going to dig out. Write this. Uh-oh, we got to fix it. We always have to fix it. There you go. Josh has got it, though. Uh-oh, not yet. Come on. Anyway, write this down. One of Satan's greatest, <laughs> that, is, that is deception. You can't see it. Are you getting it, Josh? One of of Satan's greatest deceptions is convincing the world that he does not exist. All right? One of greatest, I believe probably the greatest deception of Satan is that he convinces the world that he doesn't even exist. And that's a big part of even the body of Christ today. Just, eh, not that big a deal. Not that big a deal. But in the scripture we're going to dig out today, Jesus actually says, no, he's a big deal. We got to, we got to face some things about him. Matter of fact, Jesus calls him huh, a murderer and a liar. He is a murderer and a liar. Um, and, and I can just say this, he's good at what he does. He's good at what he does. He really is. Um, and even, even, like I said, even knowing his plans, we so often still fall into his traps. It just happens. Um, Jared talked about this last week. I just want to remind you that our fight is actually to take back control of our minds from the captivity of lies and to be freed with the truth. That's that's where we're going with with this, all right? So, let's look at John chapter 8. We looked at this last week a little bit. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my, what? Are y'all out there? If you hold to my Teaching. teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the what? And the truth will set you free. All right. So his teachings, we're going to talk about this later, but his teachings is the Word of God is the truth that will set you free. Right? It is so, so true, all right, that it is in the truth that you will find freedom, the truth that is Jesus, the truth of his teachings. That's why we're spending this whole year on Jesus and his teachings, all right? Then the very next verse, he's talking to these religious leaders, and they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. So how can you say that we're going to be set free? And I am just shocked that Jesus didn't jump on this. If it had been Peter, he would have got sidetracked right here, right? (laughs) Because it's like, what? The entire Old Testament is how you were slaves. You've not just been slaves to anyone. You've been slaves to everyone. Persia, Babylon, right now, these guys talking, they were somewhat of a slave to Rome. You know? So Jesus left that one alone because that wasn't where he was going all right he could have laughed and said are you kidding me but he didn't all right and then he goes he goes on all right let's uh let's look at it on down verse 42 Jesus said to them if God were your father you would love me for I come here from God I have come I have not come on my own but who sent me God sent me why is my why is my language not clear to you because you are unable to hear what I say you belong to your father the devil not Abraham because they say hey we're descendants of Abraham we're not slaves to anybody no your father's not Abraham your father is the devil And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a what? And the father of of lies. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. If you're going to go back in your descendants, don't stop at Abraham. Go back to your father, the devil, from the garden. That's what Jesus was saying. Go back to your father, the devil, from the the deceiver, the liar, all the way back from Genesis. Now, we know the story. So many of us know the story of Genesis, right? And Adam and Eve in the garden. Did you know that, that... the, the, in the Hebrew language, um, the Adam means human, man. human or man, right? Human is the, the translation in Hebrew, and Eve means life. So human life started in the garden. Isn't that cool? That's in the original language. So human life started in the garden. Human life was in the, this garden, this perfection, and the liar comes along and says, what about that tree? What about that tree? And, and, and Eve goes, well, um, God said, don't touch that tree because I'll die. And Satan goes, no, I really don't think that's what he meant. I think actually what's going to happen is you're going to be enlightened and you're going to become like God, knowing good and evil, and that's probably a really good thing. (laughs) And Eve was deceived. Matter of fact, write this down. The father of lies came to Eve and to Adam with an idea, a thought, not with a sword, not, not with a typical weapon. See, Satan's desire was to be a murderer. He wants to kill Adam and Eve because they are made in the image of God. He wants to kill human life right Right? right. he wants to kill human life because human life is the only life that's made in the image of God I want to kill them I want to kill them and his strategy to kill them is an idea a thought, just a thought, did God really say, just, just, I mean, did God, I mean, think about it just a minute, I, I mean, look at it, it really looks good, doesn't it, and Eve's like, you know what, it's pleasing to the eye, looks good. You know, it looks good. See, the thought grew. And as the thought grew, Eve's like, why wouldn't I want to be like God? Maybe if I'm like God, I could even be closer to God. Now, that's the Victor paraphrase of that. Maybe I'd even be closer to him if I was... If, if, if I did this thing. They were deceived with an idea. With just a thought. And now Jesus and John is saying, Your father is that same deceiver. Not, not Abraham. Your father is that liar, that deceiver. And the deception of the mind has gone on as his primary choice of weapon for 6,000 years that we have recorded history. His primary weapon to kill, steal, and destroy starts right here. Right here. Hmm. I, I, I want you to think about this. Did you know that humans are the only mammal that actually has the part of the brain. No other mammal was even created with the part of the brain that can have an idea, a thought. No other mammal, no animal, no other mammal Can make a picture of something that does not exist. They don't have that part of the brain. We're the only ones. We're the only ones that are capable of wonder, of imagination. We're the only mammals on the planet that can have a new idea. Let that soak in a minute. That's pretty amazing. Hmm. We are the only mammals that have the, the capacity to create a picture of something in our mind that doesn't exist and then build it. No other animal, no other created being can do that. Only us. And it's because God gave us part of his creative ability. We are made in his image. He is a creative God. He makes something out of nothing. Are y'all hearing me? You know? (laughs) We have the ability to to dream, to create. It works like this for me. I walk into a house that is a repo, that was a hoarder house, that stinks so bad you can't stand it. And I walk in and I see what is real. I see the real rot I see the piles of junk. I see the floor that's falling in. I see the windows that are busted out. I see what is real. I'm not oblivious to what is real. But almost instantly, within seconds of walking in, I don't notice the smell. I don't see the junk. I begin to imagine in my mind What this could look like. What would it look like if we took this wall out? Put the kitchen over here instead of there. What would it look like if we painted it this color and put the island right here? What would it look like? And in literally, I mean in less than 10 minutes, I have an image in my brain of what the finished product looks like. And then I go home and I put it on paper, and then we try to work to put what was in my head to make it real. Do you realize we're the only mammals on the planet that can do that? The only ones. It's pretty amazing. All of us have the ability to dream. All of us have the ability to think about what is not as though it were. All of us have that ability. It was given to us by God. It it was. The ability to imagine what does not exist. To paint a picture. We've all done it. What would it look like if I won the lottery? Or that great uncle that's super rich dies and I don't even know he's my uncle. Come on, right? And we have a real good, we imagine. Right? Buddy Hooper used to say all the time, if I won the lottery, I'd just pay bills till it ran out and that'd be about it, you know? (laughs) But we can imagine. Right? We can. We can. see. It's in that part of the brain, now focus in with me. It's in that part of our brain that can imagine, that can dream, that the enemy attacks and deceives us. It's in that part of our brain, it's in the part that makes us different from all other animals. It's in the part, it's there that he comes. See, he tempts us. Temptation comes when we have an idea about what could be. No other mammal can do that. Temptation comes when we look at something and go, oh, if I had that, that's what this would do for me. That's where it happens. And then sin is birthed out of our ability to have that idea. Now, I'm not saying ideas are sin. Not at all. He gave us that ability. But I think it's interesting that it's in this great gift that God gave us that makes us different is Satan's number one place to attack us. It's the number one place. Matter of fact, write this down. Write this down. Sin happens when we believe the lie about what will make us happy. Y'all think some of y'all need to put that like on your forehead. Right? I mean, sin happens when we believe the what? The lie of our, <laughs> our ancestor you know, that deceived the first Adam, right? Sin happens when we believe the lie about what will make us happy. See, sin starts with a distorted idea. All sin starts with a distorted idea, if I had that. If I could have her, if I could have him, if I could have that thing, then I would be happy. Write this down. It's another way of saying it. It is sin when it is our unwillingness to trust that what God wants for me is for my true happiness. Go back to the garden. Go back to the garden. It was sin... Because they questioned that God really had their best in mind. Right? Do y'all get that? That it was sin, not because they ate the tree, but because they didn't trust that what God was saying was true. Because they thought maybe God is holding out on me and this other thing will make me happier than what I have now in absolute perfection. They were living in absolute perfection and still had the same problem we do. Yeah, but look at that shiny earth thing, right? And it became sin because they didn't trust God. They didn't trust that God was out for their good. Satan is a liar about what is real and about what is really best for us. God says it's best for you to leave that tree alone. Satan throws the question and Adam and Eve's ability to have a thought That question grows into a thought, and that thought said, well, maybe God doesn't know what's best for me. And I don't trust that God knows what's best for me. And when we believe those lies, they become what I've heard as it said like this, they become shadow truth. They're not true, but they become a shadow of the truth, and then we start believing it as if it were true. Are y'all following me? I'm cramming so much into such a little time, but hang on. All right? Because we will take this shadow truth, this lie, and we will think about what that lie could look like for us, And then we will create in our mind what we think is our truth. Have you ever heard that phrase? This is my truth. Now, that used to drive me nuts. Because how many of you know my truth has been not true before? Anybody else? You know? But here's what happens. For me in that moment. Have, have you ever thought about He is the great deceiver. That's right. You know what the interesting thing about people that are deceived? You know the interesting thing about me when, I'm in de- when I am deceived? I don't know I'm deceived. Or I wouldn't be deceived. <laughs> Isn't that right? You don't know. So at that moment, this is true. Even if it's a lie right? It is what I have bought into as the truth. And here's the thing. It's, the danger is not just that we think it's true. The danger is we start living out of the lie as truth. We start living it out like the man that was beaten down by his father told his whole adolescent life, you are worthless, and you'll never be worth anything. That man believes the lie, and his value, the rest of his life without Jesus intervening, his value becomes what he accomplishes. My value is based on proving my dad wrong, what I can accomplish. It happens. You live out of that lie, and it fuels your life. Or one of the millions of girls that look at Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Knowing they can't measure up. Comparing themselves to what's not real. What's not true. And compare themselves to moms that are posting a movie, not real life. And that woman spends most of her life thinking she is unlovable and ugly. Because the lie was put into the part of our brain that imagines. And we paint a picture that's not real and then live out of that lie. Or the person that has had several failed relationships. And has painted the picture in their mind by the lie of the enemy that says, because I have failed, I'll never have a lasting, loving relationship. And live out their days with that lie. The stories go on and on. We all have our own. There's no one in this room that's exempt from the lie. No one. On a little lighter note, (laughs) it's kind of like, well... I want you to write this or or look at this this is I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this for a minute all right because I think it's so true Um, it's on your notes the enemy is speaking lies that land in the part of our brain that has ideas or imagines things in that part of our brain we take what is not real and create what we imagine to be true. All right, I'm going to say it again. I said it like three times, but you got to get this. You need to circle this on your notes because this is key. The enemy is speaking lies that land in the part of my brain that has the ability to imagine or paint a picture In that part of my brain, I take what is not real, what is not true, and I create what I imagine to be true. One of his greatest deceptions. It really, really is. And when that happens... And I have painted, follow me, follow me. I know this is deep stuff, all right? It's a little heady, huh? a little heady, right? But anyway, when I, when, I, when, I, when I listen to the lie, and how many of you know, he doesn't tell you the same lie just one time. Are y'all hearing me? Here's what happens. He speaks to me that lie in several different ways. And it's interesting, we're gonna look at this in a week or so, but he also speaks that lie and sometimes his voice sounds like me, right? He speaks that lie several different ways and in my brain that can imagine, that can see what is not real and create an idea, in that part of my brain, after he has said it a few times, my brain psychologists call it my brain creates a mental map of that thought and a mental map when a mental map is created it becomes our default way of thinking it becomes the normal path of thinking that's why it's called a mental map now let me help you mental maps are pretty it's right it's real Every one of us create mental maps. Matter of fact, all, almost all of us, there may be a few that this is your first time here at the crossing, but most of you, you got up this morning and you came here without really thinking about how to get here. It was your mental maps in your brain. Most of us didn't have to use GPS to get to the crossing this morning because the mental maps in your brain told you without even thinking about it, go down the drive, turn right, go to the light, turn left. Are y'all hearing me? You just did it. You didn't even think about it because there was a mental map in your brain that said, church, here's how I get there here's how I get there it just happens all right Um, and and we create those mental maps um and it's kind of like have you noticed your phone actually tries to learn your mental maps have y'all noticed that you know you'll start to type something and go what in the world right Right, Because it's learning your, it wants to learn your behavior. Uh, it tries to, your phone tries to guess where you want to go or what you want to do, what you want to search. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? Has anybody in here ever had autocorrect get you in trouble? <laughs> I have actually sent text that had profanity on them. And I was like, oh, that's how you spell that. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But actually, check this out. This is kind of cool. Look at, look at this. Some uh, autocorrect fails. All right. These we just pulled up. All right. Good morning, baby. <laughs> uh, yep. Typing, typing, typing. Don't you hate that when somebody leaves that up? And you're like, they're responding, and then they don't, right? Oh, look at that. (laughs) Pastor brought a crew over naked our yard. What? (laughs) No, they raked our yard. Uh, (laughs) Anybody have something like that happen? It tries to guess what you're trying to say. Yeah yeah uh, or maybe there's one more, uh, yeah, that we're going to look at. Uh. <laughs> Hope you're having an amazing time at the conference. <laughs> Waiting. Ah, oh, it's great. It's trying to process, oh, I know what you really want to say, not what you type. We've been studying different sex inside of Christians. Can't wait to share. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sex inside of Christianity. (laughs) Uh, How many of you know that can get you in trouble, right? right oh yeah you can take those off Uh, it's your phone tries to learn where you want to go and it's funny when it happens on your phone it's not so funny when you're believing a lie it's not it's it's not so funny um (laughs) Because it's creating a default way of thinking that is not true. It becomes our normal way of thinking, and we live out the lie. We live out the lie. We think that it's true, but it's a lie that's intended to kill, steal, and destroy. He came home late. You must be cheating on me just like my dad did my mom. A mental map, an idea, believed as a lie, that a lie that is believed. If she really loved me, she would If she really loved me, she wouldn't. And based on the lie from the past, the mental maps deep down in us go, that's right. I've been here before. For me, and I've shared this before, but for me, the liar spoke to me and said, you can't read. God could never use you. God could never use you. How can he use you if you can't read? God made a mistake. And those thoughts painted a picture in my brain of what was true that was a lie. And because of that lie, I determined I was dumb. I'm dumb. I can't learn, something is wrong with me. And I lived all of my 12 years of school, living out that lie, all 12 years, going, I'm dumb, I can't learn. Something's wrong with me. I believed the lie and I hated myself. And because I hated myself and I believed the lie of the enemy, see, I loved God, but from a I realize now I loved him from a distance because I wasn't sure I could trust him. I loved him, given my life to him. I wanted to do ministry, but I'm not sure I can trust you if you you made me like this. Is this for my good? And it put distance. See, just like Adam and Eve, I would think, well, God may be holding out on me. Maybe he doesn't know what's good for me. And can I tell you, it almost destroyed me. And it did steal 12 years of my life of really living. And here's the thesis. Oh, sorry. For the whole series, Satan constantly whispers lies to me that back up what I think I need, which has become the norm in the neighborhood. So Satan whispered lies. You can't read, you're stupid. My ability to create an idea of what was not real kicked in and started painting a picture, a distorted image of who I am. And then when someone in the neighborhood or in the classroom or on the playground looked at me funny, my mental maps said, they're all laughing at you because you're dumb. They all know you're not very smart. And it became my norm. It became my norm. <laughs> I imagined and I hated me. And I would question scriptures of where it says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Really? Really? God, if you're good, why are you holding out on me? God doesn't really know what's going to make me happy. Don't know if I can trust him. So how can I trust that he really knows? And so at 12 years old, I started feeding the brokenness with my neighbor's dad's Playboy magazines because that made me feel like a man. And in the same trap is repeated thousands of times. The thought of, well, Maybe it will make me a better lover. Believing the lie. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. Maybe it'll make me more attractive to women. Believe the lie. And it tries to kill you. That's right. <laughs> Maybe if I had that drug, I'd be happy. Maybe if I had that drink, I'd be happy. Maybe if I had that website, I would be happy. Maybe I'd feel more alive. And we believe the lie. We imagine what is not true. We create mental maps. And our culture, our neighborhood, supports the lie. Are y'all hearing me? It supports the lie. And that lie destroys, it kills, it renders us helpless. And can I just say, all the demons in hell sit back in victory while the people of God are oblivious to the fight, unaware of his primary weapon. Can I say this? This is a bold statement, I know. But all that I've experienced in engaging the enemy, I am convinced that if Satan appeared right here, right now, in physical form, he could not possibly do the damage In this room that he is already doing he could not kill steal and destroy as well if he was here in physical form because in physical form in Jesus name we take him out come on but when we believe the lie He kills, steals, and destroys families, kids. Why do you think there's such a rise for the need of mental health? That's his attack. It's where it starts. Worship team, you guys can come on up, write this down. It's my butchering a famous quote. All it takes for evil to prevail is for godly men and women to believe the lie and do nothing. And the enemy destroys, steals, life. Jesus goes on. He says... The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life. Everybody say life. And not just life, but life to the full, full, abundant life. And did you know he wasn't talking about the sweet by and by? He wasn't talking about the when we get to heaven. Because when we get to heaven, the fight's over, y'all. Right? But he's like, no, I came to give you life here, now. And here's how it works. You remember that very first scripture we read? (laughs) He says, He says, when you listen to my teachings and do it, you are my disciple. A disciple? Disciple of a rabbi, the word literally means the one that walks in his dust. In other words, the one that walks behind the rabbi so closely that the dust off his sandals gets on you. Isn't that cool? That is where victory is found. And that, when I stopped and when I recognized the lie, At 15, 16, I guess. (laughs) Almost my 17th birthday, I guess. And I looked in in my mirror. And with tears running down my eyes, I said, God, I thank you that I'm not a mistake. I thank you that in my weaknesses, your strength shines. And then I looked with tears running down and said, Victor, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and great are your works, God. And I'm looking at one of them right now. It changed my world. I stopped believing the lie. Write this down It's in the truth That is Jesus And in his word That we find freedom From the lie That's where we find freedom So here's the question For today Where have we allowed The lie To create mental maps That we now believe to be true.